BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. Here's an old classic that sounds just as good today as it did when we were kids.
Welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. I am here with Emily. How are you, Emily? Doing great. How are you doing? Doing all right. Under the circumstances, uh, we are in the middle of, well, hopefully past the middle, (laughs) fingers crossed, of this uh, COVID-19 lockdown situation. The year is 2020, and uh, wow, life-changing event for us all, but we're not even going to talk about that. We are going to just play some great music today with Emily's help. And uh, I want to say that first song we heard, some classic except right right there, Balls to the Wall. Nice. It doesn't get much better than that. It doesn't. I mean, I know people are like, why don't you play some deeper cut than that? But sometimes I just love the, the big the big hits like yeah. that. You can't There's go no wrong with that. There's no shame in listening to those yeah. tracks. I mean, Wolf Hoffman, on the very next episode of Talking Metal, I'm going to talk to Accept's brand new guitar player, and we're going to talk about Wolf Hoffman and his tone. A guy, believe it or not, I've never had the uh, pleasure of interviewing. We've interviewed people from Accept, but never Wolf. Mm-hmm. So that's one of my goals. Uh, Wolf Hoffman, who else was I thinking of today that we've never interviewed? Tracy Guns. Let's get Tracy. Yeah, I, you He's know, a new father. Did you know that? I did read that, actually. And yeah. I, I, yeah, I have interviewed Kelly Nichols of the classic L.A. Guns lineup and Steve Riley also of that classic L.A. Guns lineup. And there's obviously two L.A. Guns going on right now. And I, I, I know Blabbermouth picked up both of those interviews and made a big, you know, scandalous headline out of them. And I just want to say that I, I, I after seeing L.A. Guns at, at, M, at M3 and last Iridium, year, right? yeah, the Steve Riley version of L.A. Guns, I thought they were great. Oh. And, and I also thought... At the Iridium, Tracy Guns and uh, Phil Lewis, their version of the band was also great. Absolutely. So I, I'm not, I'm not like in one court or the other. I, I think there's two Ellie Guns. Great, so be it. I was interviewing <laughs> yeah. someone at M3. I missed their set. Yeah, entirely. they were great. I they were great. I, I stood, I stood on the side of the stage to watch them, and they were really good, and they got a great crowd response. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Wolf from, except. Didn't his girlfriend write those lyrics? Balls yes, to the wall. Have you ever I, heard the I story believe, behind that? Yeah, I believe it was his girlfriend who who may have worked at a label or something. I can't remember, but yes. Yeah. Because it was like all this talk about it being like kind of, is this like homoerotic or whatever? And they were well, like, well, actually his girlfriend wrote the lyrics. You know, Udo definitely, uh, as far as I know, seems to be a very 
heterosexual yeah. human being, but for many years there were rumors about him. And those rumors came from two places, in my opinion. They came from um, some of the Accept lyrics, London Leather Boys and, you know, Balls to the Wall and, and stuff like that. And they also came from the fact that there were Rob Halford. I know it was a big revelation to a lot of people when he came out as gay in the 90s, but most of us metalheads knew Rob Halford was gay yeah. forever. And when I was in high school in the 80s, people thought, well, everyone knew Halford was gay. It was kind of just everyone knew that. But I think because of the haircuts, you know, they were the only guys with like crew cuts. These crew cuts. Yeah. So they associated him. Yeah. But, you know, he his English wasn't great, which is why Wolf's girlfriend wrote the lyrics, right? Right. Correct. Because he didn't, you know, that's not his. It's funny. The one time I interviewed um, him and I sat with Sven. I believe it was Wolf's son. girlfriend. I, I wouldn't, yeah, I'm not 100% and look that sure up. on that, but, but it sounds you know, right. Udo gave me full on um, German lessons. Uh, did he? Yeah. Very, very I was good. asking about how the use of see Habendish and you know he was like so excited to teach me a little German and his son Sven of course yeah and Peter Baltz uh that's the way I pronounce his name um working with Udo I think in a songwriting capacity on a new record that is going to come out a new UDO record so Peter out of accept uh at this point but anyways yeah next next episode of this podcast will be the new guitar player of Accept. So stay tuned for that. And if you want to get a sneak peek, look at it, because we actually did it also as a video chat. You can go to my YouTube page right now. It's up there already. YouTube.com slash Talking Metal. And on that note, we have a, a bunch of requests from all our good people, people sending in PayPal donations with requests. Jerry from Long Island with a request. Joe Ryan, I think I have a request from him. I'm going to get to all that, I promise, soon in a future episode. But right now, we want to welcome to Patreon a new uh, talking metalhead. What's his name? Johan, right? Johan Ederstrom. Ederstrom. There you go. I like it. It sounds good. Strom. And he wants to hear a song. He wants to hear the song Firefall by 220 Volts. Here we go.
Vault. Going out to Johan. Thank you for joining us on Patreon, Johan. I hope you enjoy that bonus podcast every Friday that only the people on Patreon get to hear. And again, Patreon, you can get, if you join me there, guys, and you do over five bucks a month, I will send you out a Talking Metal t-shirt anywhere in the world. For as little as $2 a month, you get a bonus podcast every Friday, again, that only people on Patreon get to hear. And I I do that with Victor Ruiz of Mars Attacks. John Astronomy, the co-founder of Talking Metal, will be back with me on the very next episode of Talking Metal. But in the meantime... I want to get to some metal news, and I want Emily to play some music for us. Emily, you and I laid in bed the other night and watched the new... The This isn't even metal news. This is just music news. We watched the new documentary, The Beastie Boys Story, produced by Spike Jones, and a couple metal crossover connections. A great totally. watch. A great yeah. watch, by the way. But they shot this in King's Theater, where we saw Ghost. Yeah. Yeah, so that's one. Robin Crosby of Rat Fame is in is yeah. in it. They they show a picture of him at one point on stage, a big blown up picture. Yeah. Uh, and they don't mention that it's Robin Crosby from Rat, but they do use his image in the documentary. And they talk about how Rick, Rick was Rubin. into Rick Got Rubin into heavy metal. was was yeah. into like heavy metal and wrestling. And at first they were like, we don't like those things, but then. Rick was so infectious, I guess, with yeah. his love of those things that they actually started to like those yeah. things. So I, I thought that that was pretty cool. They said cool. he answered the door of his, his NYU dorm room with leather zip-up gloves or something right, right. and his long hair. So they were like, who is this person? If you like the Beastie Rick Boys, Rubin. it's an awesome watch on Apple TV. Yeah. And uh, people on Facebook were saying, where can I watch it if I don't get Apple TV? And at this point, you don't watch it anywhere. It's an Apple TV exclusive. I think Apple paid Spike Jones a shitload of money for it. So I suspect it will be exclusive there for for a while. Um, Post Malone, who claims he likes hardcore, claims he likes heavy metal. Claims. He totally yeah. does. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. And he lo- loves loud rock. Uh, you know, his producer, Andrew Watt, has produced the new Ozzy Osbourne record and played guitar on a lot of it, too. And he's on the track with Ozzy. Yeah. And, and right. And Post Malone has two tracks with Ozzy uh, Osbourne. Um, the whatever that one song, it's a riot or something or it's a raid. It's a raid. And then Under the- what what do you want from me? Yeah, uh, take what you want. Oh, take what you want from me is the one on Post Malone's record. It's a raid, I believe it's uh, it's called. Is on the Ozzy record, Ordinary Man. So, anyways, I just I you know, I I haven't really fallen in love with this guy, Post Malone. Uh, you know, he seems all right, but whatever. It's not really my type of thing. But he did this thing the other night where he jammed Nirvana songs. And he did a bunch of songs, including some deep cuts. And I kind of clicked on it thinking, oh, let me go listen to this train wreck. And it was from... Tra- uh, what's Travis that Barker was playing drums. Yeah, was playing drums from Blink-182. And it was freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he, he had it down. Well, you, you know me. I've been playing... I've been playing Post Malone for you for two years. Yeah, and now. it sucks, but but no, when but when he, does, when he does when he does when he he did Nirvana he did Nirvana perfectly. I mean, close yeah. to perfect. He it was great. He's the real deal. He has a real rock fan. He was at a Slayer show. He was at one of the, the last Slayer. I just shows you play were... those songs and he's got that that horrible like pitch shift synth. Eh. 
uh, thing on his voice. It sounds. Well, he awful. has that crazy vibrato thing going. It sounds like a like a. I want to. I want to hear him do like a grunge record because him playing yeah. Nirvana songs was great. Well, you know what? He's working on a new album now, and I bet you ten bucks it's going to be rock. Let's make a deal right now. Like Let's straight out rock. I, no, bet, okay. I bet you two hundred bucks. What do you I, bet? Yeah. You think it's going to be hip hop or no? I think he's got to make money. I think and and uh, yeah, but his audience isn't a rock audience. Everyone right. in rock hates him. Right. Right, so that's what I mean. Doing a, a rock record, who's going to buy a rock record by post? I think that's what he's doing right now. Well, that's if he does bet. it, uh, all the more props to him because that would mean he's doing it just for, for the love of it, and that's awesome. So, anyways, um, man, yesterday was April twenty fifth. We're recording this on the twenty sixth. You'll you guys will hear it a, a few days later, obviously, but big fortieth anniversary for. Heaven and Hell, and this is going to lead us into Emily's tunes that she has picked out for us. Heaven and Hell, Emily. Uh, wow, epic record, right? Really important record to me. When, I mean, sac- some people would say it's sacrilege, but it's one of my favorite Sabbath records. Right. And and it was it was an interesting time in Sabbath history. It um, you know, was a record that was primarily written, from what I've, I've read, by Dio and Iomi. You know, Geezer was no longer writing lyrics for the band at this point. And they they put this record out and it was it was a, a big departure. And Sabbath was not popular. I mean they had hit a low at that point. They were they and Ozzy was off also hitting a low. And you know they 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 really had a very their first stint with Dio really wasn't very long like what was it like two and a half years and it, it was it was uh two great records heaven and hell which again 40 40 years already and and mob rules but i always felt like they were they never caught on like ozzy did like those two randy Rhodes ozzy osborne records they blew the fuck up but like and I was a kid at this at this point, and I was listening to FM radio in the Midwest. So I remember you never heard Heaven and Hell on the radio. Right. That didn't get radio play. Ozzy Osbourne in Wisconsin in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where I lived at the at that yeah. point. Like okay, Crazy Train. I don't know. Oh, um, no over the comparison. mountain, flying high. You can't kill rock and roll. Diary of a Madman. All six or seven of those songs. You on the radio, the radio, nonstop. You can't compare the radio FM play radio. at all. No, there's no comparison. Dio, I didn't know about Heaven no. and Hell, that record, until years later. Yeah. Like, because I I got into Sabbath because I was into Ozzy Solo. Then I went back. I got Sabotage was the first Sabbath record I got. Um, you know, after, I, after Bark the Moon came out, I was like, you know, I got to go check out some of this guy's older stuff. And then I eventually kind of worked my way up. And then Dio was out and the you know, and I was like, oh my Were god. You in a rainbow? No. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Um I mean I was I was too young. Exactly. Yeah, I was too young. No, yeah, I was just... and, and and in the eighties, you know, okay, so Dio came out and I loved Last in Line and Holy Diver. Loved, loved those records. And then I went back, Mob Rules, oh my God. And then went back to Heaven and Hell. So mm-hmm. I went backwards to to get Heaven and Hell. And then People were like, well, he was in another band, Rainbow. I was like, you know, since he'd been gone, Rainbow, that Rainbow. They were like, yeah, Dio was in there before JoLynn Turner and Graham Bonnet. And I went back and I listened to Rainbow. I did not like it. Yeah. (laughs) Did not like it. I was like, what the hell is this Bell Bottoms freaking 70s shit? (laughs) You know, I I, seriously. And to this day, like, I, I like it. Like, I eventually 
remember seeing Dio on Rock Palace or maybe it was on Live at the Spectrum and he did uh, Man on the Silver Mountain. And I got I went back and I, I got that record and it was all right, but it, I always liked the Dio. I like Stargazer. Yeah, I never that's got a, I never got into Rainbow great, until like yeah. I was, you know, until it was like 1999 or something, you know, like way. Well, yeah, me too. Decades me too. later. My sister always says you weren't into Rainbow when you were really you were into Ozzy and Sabbath and stuff, but not like the, the Dio stuff as much. Uh, the Dio solo stuff I was. But yeah, not I mean, 70s Rainbow. stuff in the 80s was not cool. I mean, you got to remember, like. Ozzy was trying to get away from that. That's why he got Randy Rhodes in the band, you know, and, and kiss wasn't cool. That's why they took off their makeup. They didn't, they didn't want to be associated with the seventies, but then in the late eighties, early nineties, the seventies became cool again, you know? So kind of a cycle, but enough blabbing from me, Emily, what are we going to hear? Play some rock us right now. Play us some music. Well, I had the honor of singing in a, a Black Sabbath tribute, and they did two sets, and one set was all Dio, and one set was Ozzy, which I thought it was pretty rad that they give Dio an entire set um, at Arlene's Grocery in New York City. And the song I chose to do was Lady Evil, so let's play a little Lady Evil right now. Let's check it out. Shout! 
Bill Ward, Tony Iommi, Geezer Butler, and Ronnie James Dio. Rest in peace. Great stuff. And what an awesome record. You know, 20 years ago, if you would have asked me which record do I like better, let's say 25, 30 years ago, I, I would have probably said Mob Rules. Yeah. Now, I almost think I like Heaven and Hell better. You know, Is it just because you listened to, you like OD'd on... No, I, I I don't know. I don't know. I think I think Heaven and Hell's maybe a, a a slightly better record. I they're both great though. They're both great. But Mob Rules had moved just a little bit more into the eighties metal sound. Right. Whereas I felt like Heaven and Hell had a foot in the seventies still, and it had a like a foot forward in the eighties because there's still you know kind of some seventies sounds on that record. But to me, Mob Rules was a, a, a massive step forward into the the '80s sound, the sound that well, was even cool Lady, at that Lady time. Evil swings, it's like funky yeah. a little bit, right? Yeah, that, that see, like like back when I was a kid, I probably that would have turned me off a little bit. Now I love it. You <laughs> it's know, got a groove. But when right? I was fourteen, yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, like to me, Country Girl off of Mob Rules also had a swing to it. But it was something more sinister yeah. and evil Truly. and less 70s about it. Yeah. So great stuff nonetheless. I love Heaven and Hell. I love Mob Rules. Two great, great records. And what else do you got for us, Emily? You know what I would love to hear? That one concert that we missed that was canceled kind of the day of it was like on the cusp of when they were starting to shut things down um we were supposed to see overkill at the right, okay i, I thought and you were gonna rem- say somebody else but yeah i don't that's remember true. the the date of that they did show. cancel that show it was like they only canceled it like the day of or something yeah. the day before and i think it, it, it was in montclair new jersey in montclair the town of montclair i think banned they had a couple cases yeah and they banned, banned yeah because that was montclair the town where overkill was supposed to play was one of the uh, hot spots of New Jersey right, early in the beginning. on. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. talking about the COVID nineteen coronavirus. Thing. Yeah. yeah, so we were supposed to go see that show, and how much was I looking forward to that? How much do we love Bobby Blitz and that whole Overkill family? But um, you know what song yeah. I want to hear? I I work out to this song, Mean Mean Green Killing Machine. I put this on on my headphones uh, on the treadmill. Good choice. You didn't time. tell me you were going to play. You know, well, I like, know. love it. <laughs> but one of the st- story, my sister and I used to play um, tennis, doubles tennis, and they called us in the newspaper in Indiana, this little tiny town. They called us um, the Mean Green Machine. The Mean Green Machine. Because yeah. my 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 uh, maiden, maiden name, name is Emily Green, of yep. course. So we were the Greens, the Green Machine. Let's do some overkill right now, as handpicked by Emily.
that was a little overkill for you. Cool. And we got one more, Emily, to take us out. Yeah, so might as well talk about another show that we're, we've missed because of the cancellations. I was really looking forward to um, a band we had the honor of seeing up at Heavy Montreal, Fu Manchu. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm such a huge fan of Caius, Queens of the Stone Age, like kind of the sludge kind of, you know, stoner rock vibe. And I've right. always loved Fu Manchu. So I remember we went up, we're up at Heavy Montreal. We had the... Uh, the honor of seeing them rock out and interviewing there. them. I, I we spoke with the drummer. Yes, and I don't know. We 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 posted the audio for that um, on uh, the podcast here, but I actually have a video of that somewhere, which I don't. Think I we took ever, the video. I don't think I ever got around <laughs> to posting that. I but may man, have. I don't know. Their set was so much fun. I mean, I danced my butt off. That was that was the funnest set. But anyway, let's listen to... And got a to, great crowd response, yes, too. Yes, yes. So let's listen to a little mongoose. Awesome. You want to do the live or you want to do the mongoose? They've got it live, too. Yeah, we'll, we'll just do, we'll do, we'll the, do studio, the studio, I think. It, yeah. I love this track.
Talking Metal. Emily, that's going to do it for today's show. Do you have any... I think you just had those three, right? Or was there another one you want to... I've always got songs to play, but I'll save them for next time. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's hit one more. Maybe I'll pick. I'm trying to think of something that I, I could play for everyone. I don't know. I'm wearing my Saxon t-shirt today. And we saw Saxon the last time. I don't know. We saw him in 2017, and then I guess we saw him after that opening for for uh, Priest. I think it was after that. I don't know. I can't. Yeah, because that would have been 2018, maybe. But anyways, yeah. Let's do some Saxon. I'm always feeling Saxon. Let's uh, let's go. Let's go way back. This is Dallas 1 p.m. Saxon here on Talking Metal to take us out. Guys, support us any way you can, especially with those Amazon links. I know everyone's buying from Amazon right now. Everybody wants the deliveries. Go to Talking Metal. Just click through our Amazon links before you do your shopping, and we get a cut back on that. There's no extra cost to you. Of course, we also accept PayPal donations, and we'd love to have you join us on Patreon. Saxon, Dallas, 1 p.m., 